Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trial of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we've both been trying for a baby for a really long time, and neither of us is currently pregnant. everybody welcome to episode eight eight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's mental yeah it's mad it's mad that it's gone on this long <laughs> how much longer is it gonna go on for it's probably the longest commitment i've ever made i know i feel very blessed hashtag blessed, hashtag blessed. <laughs> not blessed in other places obviously hence why we're here <laughs> um, so um this week it's me doing an interview, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Who did you speak to, Emma? So I spoke to the lovely Kate Davis from Your Fertility Journey. Mm. Um, and we had a really nice chat, basically about PCOS. Oh, wow. Interesting. It was interesting. I didn't really know anything about PCOS, as I explain later. Can we call it PCOS? PCOS. Like a, it sounds like um, Like a taco. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a Pokemon. Oh, it does Picos. sound like a uh-huh. okay. It sounds so much cuter than it is. <laughs> it's funny because it, like, a, f- a few of my friends have gone through um, PCOS or have gone through it. Because they've come out the other end. Have it. Mm. Have it. Um, and I I just thought it was like a bunch of, as I will say later, um, I thought it was just a bunch of cysts on your ovaries and there's not really much you can do to help it. But it sounds like there's loads you can do. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. look forward to hearing about that. I mean, none of it's like a miracle cure, but it's certainly stuff that you can, you wow. know, do to kind of help to regulate your cycles and stuff. So that was cool. Cool. Um, and you spoke to Professor Tim. I did. I was talking to Professor Tim about sperm. Ooh. Everyone's favourite. Yeah. Spermy sperm sperm. <laughs> um, specifically, I asked him about morphology because I think it's one of the test areas that they say is, is hard to change. Uh-huh. It's also my di- our diagnosis so yeah. I was a bit selfish there <laughs> but hey <laughs> I'm allowed hey it's I'm the your co-host podcast. of this podcast yeah. I can do what I want <laughs> cool yeah yeah great great um only remains for us to say you if you're listening to this podcast via apple podcasts please rate and review the podcast yes please how many times can I say the word podcast 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 yes um because a sometimes I read through those reviews and it makes me happy. Oh, there are some really lovely ones. Yeah, yeah. And b it helps other people to find the podcast, which is good. And if there's if you listen on something else and you can rate and review it, can you do that too? Do that as well. I man. don't know what it is, yeah. but we're not fussy. Yeah. And sorry about the noise right now. That's my cat scratching up the carpet. Nora, Nora, stop it. Um. Otherwise, please follow us on Instagram. At Big Fat Negative. And Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. And Facebook. Big Fat Negative. And please send us an email and tell us your whole story. Like, we're so interested and we love getting those emails. Yeah. We yeah really, we've had some really good ones. We've had some really great ones and we've, like, entered into dialogue with quite a lot of people. Can we actually do a special shout out to Michelle, who got in touch with us all the way from Adelaide. Adelaide? Or Radelaide, as I used to call it when I was travelling there. Did you? Yeah. Oh. oh, I was one of them. <laughs> um, definitely one of our most distant listeners. Yes. Although I have been in touch with some other Australian listeners. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hi, guys. Okay, so in that case, prove us wrong. Yeah. If you're further away, get yeah. in touch and tell us. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to ask, guys, how would you feel about doing some kind of meet-up 
Australian crew welcome to. Oh, wow. Maybe sometime around Christmas, in which <gasps> we refrain from talking about trying to have babies and just get drunk together and maybe cry. Oh, my God, that sounds fantastic. Does that sound good? Sounds like every night I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give us a shout if you'd be up for that, because I'm thinking about organising something. I found a really good hey. room in a pub that was just crying out for a lot of women who can't have babies. For a big, fat, negative meetup. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Can we make decorations as well? Oh, wait, can we just do, like, um, you know those strings of, like, children holding hands, paper stri- paper children? Can we, we just do, do ovaries? Like, well, just, I was going to say vaginas and penises. Oh, fantastic. Yeah? I love it. Okay, Already, right. I love it. Cool, guys. Right, guys, get in touch yeah. and let us know what you think. Let us know. See you later. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Emma, how are you? Well, I've had a good week i would say like oh my lord i've had a legit good week hold the front page i know um or a good couple of weeks actually because it's been a while since we met um so i threw a party and had a parade with acrobats because i ovulated vaguely on time oh my lord i know hello congratulations mate I, i i felt like celebrating a lot um, what did you do in truth? I just felt really happy and posted something on Instagram stories. Good, good. That's the way to do mm-hmm. it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I ovulated on day 18. What could have been day 18? So basically, here's the deal. Um, my period, kind of after I came off the meds, hmm. wasn't really a period. It was like um, kind of light spotting coupled with something kind of gross. So I'm not going to go into that much detail, but it was kind of gross and weird. Um, I've spoken to two practitioners about it. One was my acupuncturist and she said, it sounds like that was your crap lining falling away. Um, It was your period. It was just a really shit one. Right. One was the um, anonymous nurse at my clinic who replied to my email within five working days barely oh very good of her uh-huh and she said she didn't think it was my period but if it was then i ovulated on day 18 so i'm gonna go with yeah it was otherwise i'm on day 50 something of my cycle which not even i get to those heady heights that often wow <laughs> i mean that's something pretty special right mm-hmm. there yeah yeah exactly um, so so you've ovulated yeah yeah uh, ask me how how Okay, so I am not an exercise enthusiast by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But when I started trying for a baby or when I went off the pill, um, I didn't have a period for like three months. And I was having a freak out to one of my friends who has PCOS. And she said to me, when her period was going nuts, she did some running and it tended to sort it out oh wow that's really uh-huh. interesting yeah so I took up running which was like the like the h- hardest thing I've ever done I'm just not an exercise person I remember that yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it a lot I complained a lot I still complain a lot <laughs> um but yeah over the summer I kind of stopped because it was too hot mm. essentially it was too hot it was so hot and then I just fell out of I was like going for maybe one run every couple of weeks, but not really. And it's not like I exercise really hard. Like I I run about two miles, so it's mm. about half an hour because mm. um, I'm quite slow. But I'm trying to do it three times a week. Right. And I'm ovulating vaguely on time. Oh my Lord, could I that just, be it? I don't know, but um, yeah, basically. So I'm sitting here, I'm wearing my sports kit. Yeah, you are. You look great. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Um, And so that's really exciting. Um, And then the other thing that happened this week, which is relevant to this podcast, is um, I edited last week's podcast. Right. Confusingly. Yes. But it was Gordon Mullins, and you'll all have heard it by now. And if you haven't heard it by now, it's super interesting. He's a super interesting guy. Um, and I, he started talking about people's periods and like, what is a normal period? And do you have spotting? Do you have, mm. like, he started talking about black blood, which I scared know. me. <laughs> I know, yeah. The devil was in that person. <laughs> it got a bit murky, didn't it? Literally. It did. Yeah, I was, I, I quite liked how openly he talked about it. I know, Even yeah. in this sector, like, we don't talk about it that much. But then I just got angry because no one at my clinic has ever asked me what my periods are like 
Yeah. Other than kind of what the length is, yeah. right? And are they regular? Yeah. And nobody has ever asked me about consistency. Nobody nobody has ever asked me about spotting. If I ever raise spotting, I literally get dismissed most of the time. They're like, oh, it's fine. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you're preaching to the converted here because that's what I've had as well. It's just... And I'm just like, why is nobody at my clinic asking me this stuff? It's obviously relevant. Mm. Like, why are they... They're basically looking at the uterus like it's some kind of, like, separated from the rest of the body. Mm. And it's just... it. It drives me insane. Like, we could be saving the NHS millions of pounds, surely. Yeah, if we joined a few dots. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they started looking at, oh, um, you know, what what is your cycle like? What are your hormone levels like? I rarely... I have to complain a lot for them to look at my bloods. Mm. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've had a kind of similar revelation um, over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's... It's a bit mad. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll talk about mine in a minute. Yeah, well, please do, because I was going to say, mate, <laughs> above all, the last couple of weeks, I've missed your face. Oh, did you not see it plastered all over Instagram? I did. <laughs> Beaming. If, if anybody wants to feel really jealous, look at Gabby's Instagram feed. It oh. is impressive. Yeah, I um, I had a really nice holiday. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Remind us where you were. I was in Greece. We were in Athens and Spetses and Hydra and it was just dreamy. It was so good. I really needed a break, I think. Yeah. And I did manage to switch off. I didn't think about work. Well done. Read three books. Just like chilled. The food is so good in Greece. Like (sighs) I didn't realise. Like we, my husband and I are kind of 90% pescatarian. Yeah except generally when we go on holiday because it's really hard to eat kind of without meat when you're in somewhere like Spain or Japan or yeah yeah, yeah. it was so easy like the food was so good mm-hmm. and we didn't eat any meat and it was mate yeah healthy and great and oh. you haven't even put on any weight in fact I would oh, say you're I, skinnier yeah I mean that's definitely not true oh. I mean I, I ate loads of salads but I also discovered delicious cheese pies oh. which I ate all of so did you have saganaki yes oh and yeah, there's a kind of a version of it that's just cheese. It's yeah. just pure cheese. So great. Oh my God. We also discovered orange pie, which is like phyllo pastry with orange syrup soaked. And it's, oh my God. Ye gads. Yeah, no weight was lost. Uh. The, the two or three lengths I did of, of a pool did not negate the amount of syrup I consumed. And did you have any reflections on your state of fertility? Well, I had, I was going to say, I had a couple of revelations actually. Um... I mean, other than the one that told me I want to live, move to Hydra and own some chickens and write novellas in the sun. You should do that. That's what I want to do. But don't do it until I get to do it too. Okay, fine. Because then what will happen to Bert and Ernie, our twins? That's true. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Bert and Ernie. <laughs> well, um, well, yeah, for a start. So we, went, we chose Greece in the first place because... Um, Hot and cheap, I, like me. Hot and cheap, exactly, just <laughs> like you. Um, well, we were thinking we were, it was a toss-up between California and Greece. Okay. And at the time when we decided, um, I still thought for some reason that I might be pregnant. So I was like, well, if I am pregnant at that point, it's probably better to go to Greece because it's like closer to home. True. You know? Practical. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't matter a jot because... <laughs> That was just not happening. So we found ourselves in Greece, but then it was relevant for another reason because when we first started talking about doing IVF, we were like finding ways to kind of think about it that would make it feel like more of an adventure. And Mm -hmm. like we were like talking up all the positives. And we were saying that if we do around on the NHS and it doesn't work, which, you know, there's a very strong chance that that would happen, Yeah, that we would maybe do our second round in Greece. And we were like... We just, you know, turn it into a bit of an adventure um, and maybe move out there for six months or something. Oh, that would be... proper nice. That would be an utter delight. I know, right? Um, And I know there's loads of people, I mean, there's a few people on Instagram that are doing that as well at the moment. So there's loads of people to go to for advice. Absolutely. So so we were in Greece and I was thinking about that and it was was really nice. I was pleased to say that I was enjoying my time in both Athens and the islands. I was like, I could do this. Yeah. Definitely. Not least because the, the Athens is like two hours from Hydra by ferry which is totally doable yeah absolutely that's almost like my prospective commute when I moved to my house in Margate which is never gonna happen 
<laughs> so I'll just move to Hydra for six months and do IVF and have Sweet. chickens. So oh, yeah, can I come? Um, but that's not even the revelations actually. Okay. So Hit me. Firstly, while we were there, the whole male infertility story broke. Yeah. Across all of the press, it was mad. It was covered everywhere, and it was I think due to I mean there was a new study that found that male fertility is dropping. Um. So male fertility is going through the floor, which we've kind of spoken about before. Yeah. Um, children of men. Exactly, children of men. Or not children of men. Not the first episode, if anyone hasn't listened to it. <laughs> um, and yeah, there was one woman that was quoted that particularly spoke to me. And it was um, a woman called Sheena Lewis, who is an expert in reproductive medicine at Queen's University, Belfast. Oh. Um, and she said, basically, she was saying that men are not being diagnosed and looked after properly. Oh. And she was saying that... You know, the woman actually, this is a quote from uh, one of the many news sources that it was covered in. She said, the woman actually acts as the therapy for the man's problem. We are giving an invasive procedure to a person who doesn't need it in order to treat another person. And that doesn't happen in any other branch of medicine. That is true. It's mad. It's bizarre. And that's that's exactly what's going on with us. Because what at the moment, my husband, we have a male factor diagnosis Mm -hmm. and we've been pushed towards IVF. And I was just like, maybe that's not the right thing to do. Yeah. Maybe we should be seeing a urologist first. Or, yeah, you know, maybe we'll still end up doing IVF, but at least speak to someone first. Yeah. And isn't it weird that um, when a man has a problem with his fertility, he has to go and see somebody whose specialism is weeing? That is, that does feel weird, doesn't yeah. it? Like, literally, urologist, somebody who works with urine. Is that, yeah. I mean, what the hell? It just, no, well, you know, because I was reading this as well while you were away and there there were loads of people saying like why do men have to go and like there's basically no male fertility specialist specialism in mm. western medicine mm. it's, it's just a balls and penis yeah doctor yeah but it's like mainly penis it's a penis doctor not a why not a sperm doctor, doctor? yeah there should be a sperm doctor there should be a sperm doctor if there's any sperm doctors out there <laughs> Please get in touch. Yeah, get in touch. We'll have you on the show. We'd love to talk to you about balls. Well, luckily, we're actually, we are speaking to a urologist in a couple of weeks, aren't we? So we can put loads of these questions to him. And he was actually quoted in some of the articles I was reading. And he was just saying that there aren't very many of them, of his kind, of these balls and penis doctors. (laughs) There's not enough of them. (laughs) Cock and balls. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was my first of, of two revelations. Okay, um, that's a great revelation. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I was yeah. really interested in it. It oh, was a positive one. The second one was not as much fun, I have to say. Oh. Um, <laughs> basically, well, I was this this cycle. I was testing ovulation quite um, quite determinedly, and well I got a positive result. Yes, and I charted it in my app. Well done, mate. Thank you. And basically, it was a bit later than had been predicted previously by the app. Okay. Um, and so it moved when my period was kind of due, supposedly, to a bit mm-hmm. later in the month. So I was like, oh, it's not going to come during my holiday. Sweet. Brilliant. Um, I won't take any tampons with me. Oh. And then basically, yeah, uh, so it, it hit early and unexpectedly, which was not only inconvenient, but obviously A, upsetting and mm-hmm. B, a bit confusing. Yeah. So, I mean, so naturally, I I dived straight to Dr. Google and did some self-diagnosis. So wait, how early was it? It was, okay, so it was eight days after my ovulation. Yeah. So, yeah, and I was like, that doesn't seem right. So I started Googling and it's called luteal defect, luteal phase defect. Yes. And... I've now since watched a YouTube video as well, which makes me an expert. God, you're such a researcher. I know. Um, I went down the wormhole, Uh. the luteal (laughs) wormhole. And um, so a luteal phase is supposed to be at least 12 days long and mine was only eight. And so it is is classified as luteal phase defect. I will share something with you. Please do. I'm on day 22 of my cycle. Right. Indeed. That was a period. Um, and I've just started spotting. Oh, interesting. And I can't decide whether that's... I had sex three days ago spotting. And I'm really sorry to any family who's listening. <laughs> or um, I have a short luteal phase uh, spotting. Yeah. Because my 
um, the clinic has said that I have a short luteal phase. Right, so the clinic has found that out. Yeah, so, the, well, because I go in and I go, oh, my period started three days after my ovulation. Mm. Um, but it's, as, as I understand it, it's not that hard to solve because you just you take progesterone. It's just yeah. basically not enough progesterone in your system. Well, that's it. And to be honest, um, it it all fits in with the spotting that I was having earlier. Mm-hmm. So it all makes sense. It's like, okay, yeah. maybe this is one of the problems. So that means we, we now have... It kind of uh, completely negates what I just said about the male factor diagnosis and that perhaps actually I have some of my own issues. Well, who is it that I was talking to? Oh, it was when I went to see the nutritionist. One of the things she said was, quite often you'll find that couples both have something wrong with them Mm. and she's like if the man had weeks or like if the man had crap sperm and the woman was perfect Mm. then probably they still would get pregnant or if the woman had like something wrong with her but the man had like amazing turbo sperm yeah then again same thing yeah um i don't know if that's true but you know it's I'm not saying that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> no, well, I think we've found that there is. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, why hasn't your clinic asked you to well, make a chart is, of this, this stuff? is it. Like, I think I'm going to, I meant to do it today, actually. I meant to email the clinic and just tell them about my discovery. Yeah. I've diagnosed myself, um, but at least let them know, right? They're because, not going to bloody diagnose you, are well, they? Well, yeah, and I might, they might ask me to go in for another yeah. blood test. Who knows? I don't understand why the minute you're referred to a fertility clinic, they go, right, we want you to make a chart of when you ovulate. Like, you can get an app. It's not hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want you to um, measure your ovulation, measure your temperature, and, like, let us know when your period starts and also what your cervical mucus is like. Like, people who are infertile will do anything. Yeah, it's true. It's not, like, it's not a huge hardship. It doesn't even take that long. Well, doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just sharing it with the clinic might help to join the dots a bit sooner than I'm doing myself. Yeah. By Absolutely. being pissed off because I had to buy tampons in Spetsies, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> tampons in Spetsies. What's Greek for tampon? Oh, I don't know. I didn't get that far. <laughs> I just went the international symbol of tampon. What, just like... <laughs> yeah. I'm making a... Mm. Mm. I'm making a motion. She's doing a finger up. Um, <laughs> whoop, <laughs> whoop. <laughs> no. Well, luckily I found them on the shelf and it didn't come to that. So they're all right. But um, but yeah, so there we go. So it was a holiday, but there was also some self-discovery. It was an emotional roller coaster. It was. Oh, well, actually, right. no. I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't let it affect me too much. Good. Like the day that I went and bought tampons and spetsies, I also went to a really brilliant beach that was only accessible by boat and had a lovely day so it didn't affect me honestly i was i got over it pretty quickly i'm gonna end this here because otherwise i'm just gonna go really jealous sorry i won't be able to speak to you (laughs) i know we never have to talk about it again (laughs) so i did this interview with kate davis of your fertility journey a couple of weeks ago and we had a really nice, really long chat about PCOS, which to be honest, I didn't know an awful lot about. Um, a couple of my friends have it. I know, you know, I kind of knew that you had erratic periods and that's pretty much all I knew. So it was really nice to learn a lot. Just one little warning, which is that we did the interview over Skype and for that reason, the sound is a little bit in and out. And at one point, we, one of us gets two emails, which is very exciting for for both of us, I think. Um, but I think the interview itself more than makes up for it because it was an absolutely fascinating chat. So please enjoy. Kate, you know, I guess the first, my first question would be, what do you do? Who are you? What's your job? Okay, well, I'm an independent fertility nurse consultant. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm aware, I'm currently the only um, independent fertility nurse consultant in the UK. Um, I... Gosh, my, well, my background is I work for over 20 years in the NHS working in women's health and fertility um, and loved what I did, loved working in the NHS, but felt that there was a real gap for women um, who were trying to conceive. And particularly for me, and, and I guess my interest lay very much in the, in the natural fertility side. And by that, I mean that 
when a woman decides that she wants to get pregnant, she wants to get pregnant yesterday. Um, yeah. Never mind in six months, eight months, two years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and often um, there, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of information advice for women on how they can optimize their ability to conceive um, in the early stages. And I think there is very much a push within the NHS to invasive investigations and if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Treatment, so IVF. And that push is very much there. And I think probably many women have felt as though there is a that they are being pushed a little bit down that road. Absolutely. Whether whether or not they want to. Yeah. But actually natural fertility awareness and natural fertility advice and information reduces time to conception um, dramatically. Um, but we're just not giving that within the NHS, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault, but often there's not time to give that. So, you know, nurses, I myself working in the NHS back then or doctors don't have the time to, to give this information to women. Mm-hmm. So you're told to go away and keep trying, but you're not told anything else. Yeah. So that's, Part of the gap that I identified, um, and so unfortunately, set up it had to set. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, had to set up in private practice because there's kind of no commissioning with the NHS for this type of service. Um, so set up in private practice about five years ago, and absolutely love what I do, and I consult women using online video. Um, I also do a bit of time in Harley Street as well. I have a particular passion for PCOS, so polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, mainly because it's on the increase. You know, one in 10 women will have PCOS, but actually, anecdotally, we see that increasing. So I, I'm really passionate about it. And I, I could shout from the rooftops about PCOS and how women can control their PCOS. Why is it increasing? Well, it's, it's an interesting question. I think our lifestyle is nowhere near as good as it used to be. We are very much more of an obese nation than we ever used to be. And, and it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation with regards to PCOS. You know, do women have PCOS and then develop obesity or do they, do they become overweight and then as a consequence develop PCOS? So there's, there's a little bit of chicken and egg. It could be both. Um, but certainly because of our lifestyle, our less healthy lifestyle, the fact that we're eating a lot more carbohydrate, a lot more sugar, we're, we're, we're having more of an instance of PCOS than we've ever had before. And that is only going to get worse. Wow. Okay, so um, let's kind of backtrack a little bit. PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. What actually does that mean? 
Okay. Well, it's, it's quite a complex condition. Um, and unfortunately, it's one that's not easily diagnosed. So it can take women years to get a definitive diagnosis. Great. Basically, it's a hormonal condition that affects various different parts of the body. So some women, and not all, will have cysts on their ovaries, which will make ovulation quite difficult. Mm-hmm. But they also have a hormonal condition. So they have raised androgen levels, so raised testosterone, which then creates lots and lots of different symptoms in their body. So traditionally, a woman with PCOS will have excess bodily hair, um, will have thinning of hair on the scalp, may have some acne, may be slightly overweight. So those are the kind of symptoms. But also the raised androgen levels then cause more problems and all the other hormones that are just really not working particularly correctly because of the the condition you end up with raised insulin levels and those raised insulin levels can often create the obesity side of it um, but they also imbalance all the other hormones as well so it's like a vicious circle really so your testosterone becomes more imbalanced because of your um, insulin um, resistance so it's really complex. And like I said, unfortunately, it's quite difficult to diagnose. And you diagnose mm-hmm. it using the Rotterdam criteria. Um, but it's unfortunately, even that's not standardized within the UK. So a lot of women can go, like I said, for many years without being diagnosed. And this is devastating because often there'll be young women who have taken the pill, absolutely no problem at all. They're not maybe not getting periods or they're getting regular periods on their pill. They stop the pill. The pill has masked their condition. They stop the pill because they want to get pregnant and suddenly they can't because they have no cycle. So we had Alice Rose on the podcast a couple of weeks ago by the time this goes out. And she said, I might have PCOS. And that really confused me because I just assumed that if you have PCOS, you have cysts on your ovaries. Yeah, no, not always, not at all. And and in fact, many women can um, have elements of PCOS, but actually generally they might work quite well, they might control their PCOS quite well. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm passionate about PCOS and we'll talk about that in a bit, is just that so much can be done to control it. Um, so women can have elements of PCOS and if they're you know reasonably good with their lifestyle, that actually their PCOS might not be causing them too much of a problem. Um, but then if they were to, you know, start drinking lots of alcohol and eating poorly, eating lots of sugar and carbohydrates, then, you know, their, their, like their PCOS can become worse and they can then develop to assist on their ovaries, whereas previously they might not necessarily have them. So I put um, something on our, our Instagram stories just to say, if anybody's got any questions about PCOS, give us a shout. Um, we got absolutely bombarded with questions. Yeah, like loads of people who just don't, you know, as you say, it's, it's a condition that, I don't think people properly understand. Um, so, you know, one of the people said, can you see it on an ultrasound? How do you diagnose it? Is it more than just, you know, a what's it called? A date with wonder? Okay. Okay, yeah. So, like I mentioned, the Rotterdam criteria is a diagnostic tool, which ideally should be used to assess PCOS. And they have three criteria. So one is that you have um, cysts seen on the ovaries. One is that you have raised androgen levels, so the testosterone. And the other one is that you have either irregular or non-existent periods. And that is showing either irregular or no ovulation. And to be diagnosed with um, PCOS, you have to have two of those three. So if if the lady that asked that question, if she's not been um, properly diagnosed, then I would suggest that she goes and sees her GP and asks to be assessed based on the Rotterdam criteria. And what is androgens? That's testosterone. Testosterone is one of your androgens and that's your raised androgens of your testosterone. Okay, because we've got one person who said she's 35 years old, she has high AMH. Is that a symptom of PCOS? Well, interestingly, many women with PCOS will have raised AMH levels. Now, it's not currently used as a diagnostic tool for PCOS, but it could be potentially used as a diagnostic tool in the, in the future. Okay. Um, because many women will have really high, like in the 50s, 100s, AMH levels, whereas you know normally it wouldn't be that high. Um, so that definitely does seem to be... Um, you know, definitely seems to, to kind of coincide with PCOS. And I think that's because when you're, when you're born as a woman, we're, or as baby, as females, we're born with all the eggs we'll ever have. Yeah. Right from birth. Um, and so a woman with PCOS probably isn't getting rid of those eggs on a 
monthly basis like a woman who doesn't have PCOS. So they tend to have a higher ovarian reserve, which in a really positive way means that women with PCOS can probably go on conceiving a little bit longer than a woman without PCOS. Interesting, if they can conceive. Yeah, behind every cloud is a bit of a silver lining. (laughs) God, I wish my silver lining would bloody come out. Um, So, I mean, we talked about cycles there a little bit. Um, I got two questions that were quite similar. If you have regular cycles could you still have PCOS? And I guess your answer is yes. From Yes, yes, absolutely. But do irregular cycles mean you have it? No, <laughs> not necessarily, because irregular cycles can mean, you know, various other hormonal problems. And there mm-hmm. are a number of things, or it could be thyroid problems, there could be lots of different reasons. Um, but PCOS tends to be the most common reason why women will have regular periods. But we look, we're talking about potentially could be quite irregular so okay. over 35 days yeah. I see some that are, you know might have only two periods a year so you could be looking at 60 days 70 80 90 day cycles mm-hmm. um, but anything over 35 days is kind of out of the the normal ranges and would be worth just finding out why so what does PCOS in practice mean for fertility It doesn't mean, and I think this is really important to get across, it doesn't mean if you have a diagnosis of PCOS, it doesn't mean that you aren't going to conceive at some point. You know, that's, it's not, it's not, that is not a categorically saying that's it, that it's over for you. That's not Mm -hmm. what PCOS is. PCOS will definitely make it harder. So if you consider that on average, a woman would ovulate 12 times a year, if you've got PCOS and you're having longer cycles, then you're not going to be ovulating as regularly. And therefore, in a a 12-month period, your chances are reduced. Add to that the fact that you've got cysts surrounding your ovaries, which will make it more difficult to ovulate. And also add to that the hormone imbalance that is associated with PCOS then that can make it more difficult but it certainly doesn't mean that it's not possible a woman in that situation may need something like Clomid and ovulation induction to Mm -hmm. help with ovulation and various other treatments that can help um, with PCOS um, to help her conceive and what are those treatments that doctors give you so you mentioned Clomid there Clomid, yeah. So Clomid is ovulation induction. There are other methods of ovulation induction. Um, the most common treatment for PCOS at the moment is metformin. Okay. Uh, metformin is actually traditionally a diabetic drug, actually, okay. um, but it's used it used to work on insulin resistance, as it would with diabetes, um, and it helps regulate the insulin levels and regulate all of those hormones um, back to where we kind of would want them to be. Unfortunately, what we're finding is that metformin isn't as helpful in women with PCOS and helping them lose weight. Um, Because if you're overweight, then you run the risk of difficulty in conceiving. You also run the risk of increased miscarriage, um, problems during pregnancy, problems at labor and problems after the baby is born for both you and the baby as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important for a woman who um, has PCOS and who is overweight to get her weight down and get her BMI below 30, ideally, um, to, to reduce those risks. We've talked a little bit about what doctors can do about PCOS. What can sufferers themselves do about it okay so there's loads that a woman can do to help control her pcos and actual fact there's been new guidelines that have come out international guidelines on the treatment of pcos that came out a couple of months ago um, and these are international guidelines mm-hmm. and then they're saying as well that the number one factor for controlling pcos you know forget medication forget everything else see still need to take it if you're prescribed it but the number one First line treatment is lifestyle changes. Okay. And that's what I'm really passionate about helping women with. So diet is number one. So every time a woman with PCOS eats refined carbohydrates, sugars, her insulin levels go crazy, hit the okay. roof. Um, and that imbalances all the hormones. So having a really low carb, low sugar diet is absolutely crucial. Same, you know, with, with alcohol limiting alcohol because it's so sugary so that's going to have an effect exercising um, working on self-esteem taking the right supplements supplements are really key and what supplements the normal supplements that any woman who's trying to conceive should take is um, folic acid uh, this is recommended by the department of health um, along with vitamin d Um, 
some women choose to take folate, but there's not the research to um, back that as far as the medical profession is concerned at the moment, but it may be in the future. Okay. Um, and then I always advise a really good omega-3. Omega-3 is really important for um, egg quality, um, okay. particularly on the PCOS. It has a really good effect. And the main one that I have seen fantastic effects with and there's more and more research that's going into this is a supplement called inositol works on insulin resistance so it is a little bit like the the medical uh metformin treatment but it works on insulin resistance and it it kind of brings down back the insulin levels and the hormones it also improves egg quality it also improves the symptoms of pcos so acne weight gain, excess bodily hair, etc. It helps in mood, it helps promote good sleep. It's amazing. And it's been it's 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 getting more and more recognition. Um <laughs> anecdotally with my patients, I see amazing effects. I see that their cycles that were lo- lengthy start to come back down to normal length. And it really does work. Inositol. Inositol. And where is yeah. that available? Then unfortunately, not all inositols are created equal. So some are not very good quality. The cheaper brands tend not to be so good quality, but some are really good. Um, there's two that I particularly like. One is um, Inafolic and the other one is Ofistol. Um, and those are the two products that I've seen, particularly Inafolic, that I've seen work really well. Okay. Going to get on Amazon right now. We've talked a bit about weight and the effects that that has on pregnancy, but what... I mean, can PCOS cause problems during pregnancy or is it just trying to get pregnant? Yeah, so it, it can increase your risk of miscarriage, unfortunately. Um, so once you conceive, if you have PCOS, you have got a greater risk of, of miscarriage. Um, and it can cause problems in pregnancy, particularly um, gestational diabetes. So okay. meaning when they're pregnant can de- develop gestational diabetes. So it's like, a, like diabetes, but it's normally for the time of gest- gestation, so during the mm-hmm. pregnancy. Um, and then clearly, um, PCOS can cause problems, um, if a woman is overweight when she, um, gives birth as well and after pregnancy. Okay. Um, I mean, one, we are bringing up weight again. Um, one person said that every expert she reads about or, you know, sees, tells people to lose weight, but she says she's got PCOS and she doesn't need to lose weight. So what's, what do you do then? Yeah. So Lean PCOS, as it's often called, is mm-hmm. it's more tricky because I find that women who have got PCOS who do ha- carry a little excess weight, once they start to lose the weight, the health benefits are huge, their cycle starts to come back to normal, um, they start to ovulate, all these wonderful things. But with lean PCOS, it, that's not necessarily the case and it is more difficult to treat. Um, I think it's always important to make sure that, you know, even if they've got lean PCOS, that they still have a very high healthy diet, that they still keep those carbohydrates and sugars low because there still can be insulin resistance there, even with lean PCOS, um, and that they have a very healthy, healthy lifestyle um, to compensate for that. But it is more tricky to um, get on top of. I mean, you know, what about those of us who don't have PCOS? So I've got completely mad cycles. Um, is... Is there anything that we can do? Is there anything that you're talking about that, you know, applies to to people who perhaps find that they've got random spotting sometimes? Or, you know, I was speaking to Gabby and she's worried that she's got a low, um, a shortened luteal phase, which I've had a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a kind of luteal phase defect and the shortened luteal phase and spotting um, is, is an area that I find quite interesting, actually, because to me my personal opinion is progesterone is the most important hormone. Now, somebody else might say, I disagree with that. But I think progesterone, in my opinion, is the most important hormone. And that's because that hormone is responsible for creating that lovely endometrium, that beautiful duvet that, that, that covers, you know, the egg's going to nestle into and keep it nice yeah. and warm. And if you've not good, got good progesterone levels, then you're not going to be able to support an implant yeah. in pregnancy. So... That's why progesterone is really key for me. So therefore, in answer to your question, supporting the luteal phase is probably one of the areas that in a cycle you can 
try and do something about and there are various ways that you can do that so um, acupuncture is the only um, complementary therapy that is research-based to help with fertility and I have seen good effects with that definitely um, in increasing a luteal phase mm-hmm. and promoting that good progesterone levels um, other things like some women choose to take Vitex to help as a natural progesterone what's Vitex um, What's Vitex? So Agnes Castus, you might have heard of it being called Agnes Castus or Vitex. That's, it's, it's, it's a very, very potent herb. Um, and because it's so potent, it actually worries me a little bit because it can have a negative effect on fertility. So it's not something that I necessarily advise. And certainly if anyone was considering it, I would advise them to talk to um, a herbalist or a naturopath or and definitely their doctor as well before they even start dabbling in the herb because it is very potent. But some women do use it and have seen benefits with it. The third um, treatment, which is more medicalized, is um, progesterone therapy in the luteal phase. So progesterone mm-hmm. um, pessaries to increase progesterone levels. I've had those um, before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is, that is definitely the kind of medical way of treating it, which is um, definitely um, successful, um, definitely more success in, in creating a better luteal phase. Yeah. Not readily prescribed. Um, unfortunately, it is quite difficult sometimes to, to get it, on, particularly on the NHS. Privately, you're much more successful. Okay. And I, I would say the pants effect on that. It's not it's not a side effect. It's a pants yeah, effect. Absolutely. It's pants really effect. gross. Yeah. Really, really gross. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, one question I actually forgot to ask was, does um, PCOS have an effect on a failed IVF cycle? Um... As it well, I suppose with regards to PCOS and egg quality, perhaps um, I think just as just as PCOS can affect a natural cycle, then it would it can affect a PCOS cycle in exactly an IVF cycle in exactly the same way. Cool. Yeah. Um, and another one from Gabby: cysts on ovaries. When are they a worry? Because both of us, or, well, she's had a when she was scanned they saw a cyst on her ovary and they didn't seem worried about it so at what point does it become worrying i think when you've got multiple cysts that's more of a concern or if you've got a very if that one cyst is very large it might look a bit odd um but just generally one cyst you know most women will have cysts on their ovaries at some point um and sometimes you even feel you get that little twingy pain and you think oh actually that was quite uncomfortable mm-hmm. and that could just be a rupture of the cyst and that's quite normal so one cyst if if she had that examined on scan and they weren't concerned about it it's it's i, I agree it's nothing to worry about it probably wasn't big enough to cause any concern cool well okay i think that's it unless there's something i've missed but i don't think there is um thank you so much for coming on it's been such a pleasure right so now it's time for old wives tales fact or fiction yeah so what have you been talking about well, this week, I've been speaking to Professor Tim about sperm. Ooh. My favourite topic. Yeah. I love the sperm little guys. Mmm, so protein-y. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I was talking to Professor Tim specifically about sperm morphology. Okay. And um, what is that? Well, that is... So when you have a sperm analysis, yeah. there are generally three areas that you get results okay. back on mm-hmm. so there's a uh, sperm count which is the one i guess that you hear about most to yeah. be honest when you're not going through this process you'll know what a sperm count is yeah then there's motility which is okay. how well they're moving okay how wiggly they are how wiggly and fast they are yeah how fast they are up through the cervix oh lovely as professor tim would say lovely and um the, the other one is morphology which is how they are shaped okay um so morphology is one that we've specifically had a problem with yeah um, my husband had 1% morphology in his first test and 3% in his second test. So although it's not bad now, it's still not great. Yeah. But they say, um, well, they say, when I read all of the forums <laughs> that I could find after the first they, diagnosis. They're so reliable, those ooh, things. Oh, I read them all. Yeah. There's not one that I didn't read. Okay. Uh, and they kind of generally say there's nothing you can do about morphology. Oh, that's And I just thought that can't be true. Okay. So let's speak to Professor Tim about it. Okay, and, and here he is. 
So sperm morphology is an interesting one. Um, there actually aren't any studies that show it's worthwhile laboratories even measuring sperm morphology. Um, even with the, the World Health Organization, or WHO, normal ranges, men can have up to 96% of their sperm an abnormal shape, and that's still considered a normal result. So the vast majority of a man's sperm can look an abnormal shape, and that's a normal result, which means it has no effect on fertility at all. So very often what will happen is um, guys will come in with their sperm test result with uh, you know, a high abnormal rate of 96-97%, and we'll be thinking, well, that's why you know, my partner's not getting pregnant, whereas in fact it's generally not a very useful result at all. If 100% of the sperm look abnormal and there are certain types of shape of sperm which do mean something, that can be very important, but that's, that's actually very, very unusual. So the bottom line is that, in general, sperm morphology on a routine sperm test is, is not um, a predictor of the natural chance of conception. And importantly, there's probably not a lot that people can do to change it um, anyway. Lifestyle changes, if the man is overweight or obese, it's important that he try and normalize his weight because that can improve sperm quality in terms of count and motility as well. Um, if he's a smoker or um, drinking excess, drinking alcohol excessively, then again, cutting down on those things probably will help. Um, but in general, there's not a lot of lifestyle changes that a man can make that will definitely result in a change in sperm quality on a, on a test. Great, that's, um, that's really clear. Thank you so much. Um, we'll speak to you soon. That's it for this week. That's a wrap, guys. That's a wrap. Um, join us next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the meantime, guys, stay safe. Happy shagging. Have a great week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.